Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Praise be to God. Let's get our Bibles tonight. We're going to the book of Acts chapter 9. Then I'll be pointing to 1 John chapter 2. The book of Acts chapter 9 and verse 3. It is so good to see everybody here tonight. Let's get into the word. What do you say? And as he journeyed, speaking of Saul of Tarsus, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Lord, what will you have me do? And then 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I want to I talk to you tonight about life's great question. Life's great question. Lord, what shall I do? Anybody ever been there? Anybody? You've been to that place where you just simply said, Lord, what shall I do? Anybody there right now? Can I see who I'm preaching to tonight? Can I see who I'm talking to tonight? Amen. Life's great question, Lord, what shall I do? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your people and the chance to, Lord, enter into this time of worship. We honor you, Lord Jesus, first and foremost, the King and Lord and Savior. Lord, you are master, ruler of over all. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord, in this place. And we know, Lord, that if we ask you the question of questions, that you are able to give us direction. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for your will. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. The Lord bless you. Be seated. I want to know what the will of God is. <clears throat> The song said a while ago, all around us is sinking sand. Confusion and chaos is not an uncommon thing in today's culture. We live in a world of chaos, confusion. Matter of fact, confusion is more epidemic than the pandemic that we went through. 
It only added fuel to the fire. But we're living among a bewildered mankind and humanity that is just muddling their way through life, not having any real sense of purpose, uncertain, living just day by day. People wonder, who am I? And so they try to search for their identity in all kinds of ways, from the, from the most small question of my identity to the greatest question that they're, they're even trying to change their biological body to match something that they feel. But really what they're saying is, why am I here? Do I have a destiny? Do I have a purpose? Society has more access to information more access to knowledge, more access to info info on all kinds of things, yet they still are as aimless, perhaps even more so than ever. There's abundance of material out there to to find out uh, information about life, but yet they have not asked the question that is perhaps one of the most important questions of life, and that is, Lord, what should I do? I want to know your will. The prerequisite to knowing the will of God is you must know the God of that will. We cannot say, what would you have me to do, unless we're first saying, Lord. So I say, Lord. Lord, what will you have me to do? Because if you try to please everybody, Mama, what would you have me to do? Daddy, what would you have me to do? Pastor, what would you have me to do? Aunt Sally, what would you have me to do? Whoever it may be. But, but if, unless you put Lord in front of it, you're going to find yourself on a different path than God wants for you. It is popular to say, go find yourself. You know, I have a simple solution for those that wish to go find themselves is there's a place called a mirror that you can find. Look, there you are. Because where you are, there you are. <clears throat> We are living in a world that is addicted to self-discovery, but not God-discovery. And we wonder why we're a mess and chaos and confusion abounds it because we are out for self-discovery, self-satisfaction, and not God-discovery and pleasing Him. Dr. Larry Crabb, a noted uh, counselor and author, put it like this about the, the feeling of the day. He says, feeling better has become more important than finding God. Let me say it again. Feeling better has become more important than finding God. He went on to write, helping people to feel loved and worthwhile has become the central mission of the church. We are learning not to worship God in self-denial and costly service, but to embrace our inner child, healing our emotions, Overcoming our addictions, lift our depressions, improve our self-image, establish self-preserving boundaries, substituting self-love for self-hate and replacing shame with affirming acceptance of who we are. The bottom line is that we are, are out to discover what we think is best for us rather than going to say, I want to discover God, and because he made me, he surely would have the plan for my life. Somebody say amen. Amen. We are living in a day where people want a grand destiny, but they want it without difficulty. Can I just tell you, I have a great revelation 
that many of you already know, but some of you are learning, is life is full of hardships and ups and downs. Life is full of disappointments, and life is full of hurts, and, and life is full of all these kinds of things. <clears throat> it doesn't matter how much you bubble wrap your mind, you're still going to experience that. It doesn't matter how, how great you can try to protect yourself, life is full of difficulty. The, the, the difference is that if you are on a path of self-discovery, you have no recourse to handle that. But if you are on a God-discovery, he will give you what you need to handle that in life. Somebody say Amen. Finding the will of God, answering the question, Lord, what would you have me do, begins with Lord, finding God. The will of God is there right readily for us. You don't even have to have access to an internet. If you've got a Bible, you don't need Google. Hallelujah. If you have the word of God, you've got the access to the information to find him. God has given to us his word, and his word must be the starting point and the final authority for us finding his will. Yes, I know we need God to talk to us. Yeah, I know we need that, but he will never talk to us in a sense or of his presence or an audible voice. He will never do that outside of his word. Somebody say amen. amen. <clears throat> oh, thank God for his blessings. We don't have to pray for the will of God about how to handle our money. It's right here. It's right here. We don't have to pray about what is right about family. I don't have to pray to know the will of God about family. I don't have to pray to know the will of God about salvation. It's right there. I find it in his word. His word is the number one source for, to know the, I wish I knew the will of God, but we don't want to discover it by study and pressing our way in to find out what the Lord has to say. Lord, what will you have me to do? Amen. The question is simple, straightforward. There are no conditions, no qualifications. There are no amendments. It's just simply, Lord, what will you have me to do? <clears throat> it is the question that changed the life of Saul of Tarsus and turned him into Paul the apostle. It turned him from a tormentor into an anointed apostle and a fiery missionary that began to shape a world by his ministry. Amen. Lord, what will you have me to do? This is a surrendered question. It is the beginning point. Amen. Skipping this point will find us in a place out of the will of God. Lord, what will you have me to do? I must know his will and I'll find it in his word. In the word, there are two types of the will of God that is given to us. One is the sovereign will and the other is the commanded will of God. The sovereign will of God and the commanded will of God. Daniel describes the sovereign will of God in Daniel chapter 4 and verse 35 when it says that all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say 
What doest thou? The sovereign will of God is that God doesn't walk around wondering what he's going to do and twiddle his thumbs and, and, and say, today I think I'll do this. And today I'm going to look at this poll and I'm going to follow the, you know what? There are those today that are saying that their, their opinions about things have evolved. God doesn't have to evolve. He already knows. His sovereign, he has set it in place. There are things that are coming down to history or coming to us in the future that, that God said this is the way it's going to be. He's coming back again, just like he said he would. In a twinkling, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, he's coming back. That is his sovereign will. I'm glad to know that we serve a God that's not fickle or flighty. Calvary is a great example of the sovereign will of God because that's where the lamb was destined to be slain. It was destined, amen. That was the sovereign will of God. Even our Lord asked this particular question. It's, it's very interesting the way that the question is phrased, but in Matthew 26, 39, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, Oh, my Father, if it be possible... If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. What he knew as, as God, as, as the word made flesh, he knew what was going to happen because it was spoken from the foundation of the world. It's a, and, and yet Jesus in his humanity said, if it be possible, if it be possible, but he knew it wasn't possible because uh, it was the sovereign will of God. It was already set in stone. Amen. We are sometimes in a place where we say, oh God, if it be possible. But we already know that we've got to walk through that journey with him. 1 Peter 1 and 18. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by the traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, without spot, who was verily foreordained from the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Amen. It was the will of God that the Lord be crucified. Furthermore, it was the will of God that harm would come to his body, amen, and pain come to his body, and he would give up the ghost so you and I could be saved. That's his will. The sovereign will of God. Are you, not, are, are you thankful tonight for the sovereign, unchangeable will of God? <clears throat> that also tells us that his word is unchangeable. It is unalterable. His plan for humanity is unchangeable. I know we could spend time talking about prayer and how prayer changes things, and, and that's a lesson for another day. But I want to say this, that, that there is the sovereign will of God that he's going to do no matter what you and I do. <clears throat> then there is the commanded will of God, and that is, this is where we meet God head on. This is where our will is tested. This is where we have the choice to obey or disobey. It's that simple. It's the commanded will of God. There's no negotiation. Heaven and hell are in the sovereign will of God. Who goes there is determined by the command will of God. 
because I have the choice then to determine whether I decide to go to heaven or to hell. Well, you say that there are those that are predestined and those that have that, they're already written in the Lamb's book of life. Let me tell you, yes, the Lord knows, but he's not cut man out of his will or Adam and Eve would still be living in the garden. Again, that's another lesson for another time. The command will of God involves us finding what that is and choosing to obey it. Finding what that is. Uh, let me give you some word. Matthew 7, 21. Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But look who does. Who enters in the kingdom of heaven? Say it. He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. <clears throat> I typed the word in a Google search. I type these, this phrase, a word that means following directions. Word that means following directions. And on that Google search, you know, the word come up, obedience. <clears throat> obedience. The fact is not everyone is going to enter into the kingdom. That's very clear in Scripture. But the ones who do enter into the kingdom are the ones who obey the will of God who do the will of God. Amen. Jesus told Nicodemus very clear, there are those that will see the kingdom. They'll have a revelation of the kingdom. He said, but then there are others that will be born into the kingdom. One will be conceived, but somewhere between conception and new birth is an abortion that takes place of the worst sort. But there will be those that have been born again of water and of spirit. I'm going to throw this into you because, again, this is, man, I'm, I'm getting so many lessons I need to teach. I'll put it in my Rolodex for less, next time. <clears throat> when, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he uses the analogy of the wind to show his spirit, he said, the wind blows where it lists, but you, you, you cannot see it, but you see the results of it and you hear the, and he uses this word, sound of it. Sound. I come across this the other day and it just blew my mind where, it's, where that sound is where we get the word phonic. In the Greek, it's where we get the English word phonic, our language. Why would he say in the wind you could, you could see the effects of it and you could also hear the sound or the language? Because he just said you have to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. What is the language? What is the sound? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they're sitting, and you saw the effects of it. What was the effects of the Holy Spirit? But it was a sound that came in them and then out of them. Can I tell you that tongues is not the Holy Ghost? But it is the sound of the Holy Ghost. Because I know this for a fact that there are some people lost without God. There are even devils that, I, that we've encountered that can speak in tongues. But when you have the Holy Spirit, you're not only going to speak in tongues, but you'll provide the fruit that goes along with it. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. i got to get back to my notes. We'll be here all night. Jesus said that we're to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 
This prayer means nothing if I don't obey. Oh, Lord, I want your kingdom to come. But if I don't obey that, I am not in compliance with what God's will is. Heaven's agenda needs to be my agenda. Is heaven's agenda your agenda? The word will in the Greek here is a, a, a word that means a determination. It means a choice. It means a purpose. It means a decree, a desire, a, a will. What is our desire? What is our desire? It comes from a word that means strong desire. We need to have a strong desire that the word, the will of God is such a desire that the word, a passion for us, that we will be able to say, nevertheless, at not mine, but your. I want to have my way. I want to do my thing. That is society's confusion. I want to decide what is right for me and what is best for me. But what the word says is that I am to seek first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom does not imply searching for something that is hidden, but it speaks about the effort. It speaks about the passion. When he says seek it, I'm not looking for something that is hidden. It's why, how I am seeking that there's passion, that there's effort, that there is a zeal and a desire. God does not hide his will. He makes it very clear. Let me share with you how you can discover the will of God. Some things that you can do and I can do to discover the will of God. The Bible tells a story of two heavy-hearted disciples that are on their way to Emmaus. They were discouraged and dejected. No doubt you could tell it by the slump in their shoulders as they walked. If not, you could tell by their discussion. Because they were just having a discussion about what, would, what just took place in Jerusalem. They were followers of Jesus. They loved Jesus. They believed in him. And Jesus loved them. Aren't you glad the Lord loves us even when we get it wrong? Can you thank the Lord for that right now? Even when I've got it wrong, Lord, you still love me. Luke 24, 13, we're going to visit this for a few minutes here. Because in this story is some great lessons about how to find the will of God. How to answer this question, Lord, what should I do? Two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score farthongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed, while they're carrying on their conversation together, and they were reasoning, that word reason is the disputing, debating, discussing, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holden that they should not know him. He hid himself from them. He hid himself from them. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? Oh, Jesus. He's sneaky. He sometimes wants to ask us questions and make us answer. Praise God. Amen. Have you ever been around those folks that... You go wanting help, 
And they just do nothing but ask you questions. Thank you, Bishop. And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mightily in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and they have crucified him. Listen to this line. But we trusted that it had been he was had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today's the third day since these things are done. We we had trusted, we had believed. Can I just tell you, let's not confuse our will with his will. Say that with me. I can't confuse my will with his will. Like any law-abiding Jew, they wanted Jesus to topple the Romans. They thought the will of God was freedom from Roman rule. But Jesus came to do something much greater. They wanted liberation from the Romans, but he came to bring them liberation from the rule of Satan and sin. God's will, hear this, God's will is always higher than ours. God's will is always bigger than ours. God's will is always better than ours. Jesus conquered death and sin, but they thought he was going to conquer Caesar and the soldiers. He came to set people free from hell. They wanted him to be set, they wanted him to set them free from taxes. Man, God's will is always better. Amen. These disciples missed the message. They didn't understand the will of God. How could they be so blind and miss this message? Before we hurl accusations and condemnation at this men. Let's ask ourselves this question. Have we ever missed the will of God? Have we ever confused the will of God? Have we ever substituted our will for his will? God has a plan. Amen. But every now and then you and I need to stop on our Damascus journey and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? This is not a one-time prospect. This is a daily journey. Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, how would you have me to do? Amen. God has a plan. God has a a way and a a will. Amen. We just have to be careful how we follow it. So how can we know God's will? What can we learn from this story to find out God's will? First thing you and I need to realize is that Jesus walks with us. Woo! You want to know the will of God? He's close by. It may seem like he's a million miles apart. It may seem that, it, that like it didn't work out like you wanted to or whatever the case may be. But Jesus is there with us. He is there with us. He walks. The scripture says that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. In your most messed up, mixed up time, Jesus wants to draw near and walk with you. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 13 and 5, it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, he hath said what? I will never, I will never, even when you make your mistake and you go away from the will of God, he said, I will never leave thee or forsake you because he wants you to come back to his will. Genesis 28, 15 Behold, I am with thee, 
and I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. I am with thee. What a great promise that he gave. Amen. I am with thee and will bring thee again to this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of. I'm not going to stay uh, away. I'm not going to stand off a corner and say, root hog or die. Anybody know what that is? That's an old Texas term. I'm not going to just make you just go out here and fend for yourself. I'm walking with you. And if I walk with you, you may be off track, but I'm going to come and help you get back on track. Woo, thank God. So in this story, we will find some ways that we can discover the will of God and answer the question, Lord, what would you have me to do? Let's look at Luke 24, 22 and pick up the narrative as he goes on and walks with him. And he said, these men talking with Jesus said, Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them, somebody say of them, which were with us, went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women said, but him they saw not. So how can you discover the will of God in these verses? Is that you can listen for a consistent message and believe it. How often does God send us consistent, anointed voices into our life and we blow right by it and head on our trip to Emmaus, us and our pity party. They had already, they left knowing that some women said he's alive and we saw angels that told us that. Now, you and I know the rest of the story. You and I understand what took place. and we, These guys didn't, and, 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 and yet they still decided they're going to go on. I, I, I want to tell you, if you are hearing consistent voices with what is in the Word, because Jesus had told them, I'm going <clears> to <throat> die, and I'm going to rise again at least four times. He told them that and prophesied it. That's why the Pharisees wanted to kill him when he said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up again. You know what? These ladies, these that went and saw the empty tomb were telling the same story. But what it is, is we like our grief. We like our problem. We like our will. I'm talking to somebody tonight. We like our will and we want to go our way. And discuss why it didn't happen. So how are you going to know the will of God? It's by consistent, faithful, dependable voices that speak the same thing. God will communicate his will through his people. Hear me. God will communicate his will through that praying grandmother that you have. God will communicate his will through that praying brother in the Lord that has got a word for you and tell you something. God will communicate his will. Amen. And remember what Jesus said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I can discover the will of God if I know what the word says. Let's pick up Luke 24, 25. 
Listen to what Jesus said. Now, I didn't say this. Jesus said. What did he call these two guys? Now, I don't know about you, but that would really not be a Norman Vincent Peale's How to Win Friends and Influence People and come up to them and say, Oh, fools. Slow of heart. Slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Oh, fools, slow of heart. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And look at what he did. (laughs) What did he do? Beginning, remember Bishop's book? Everybody needs a copy. Amen. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them the scriptures, the things concerning himself. He kept them blind to who he was, but he revealed himself in the word. If you want to know the will of God, stop looking at manuals, stop looking at encyclopedias, and get right back to the word. Don't use Google. Get back to the word. What does the word say? How does it reveal his will? And if the word, can I tell you, for every problem you face, for every issue you face, there's a principle somewhere in this book that'll cover it. But sometimes you got to go study it out. Rather than study scripture, rather than listening to faithful testimony, they listened to their fears. They were thick-headed. I've been there. How about you? Not only thick-headed, bull-headed. Don't mistake my, my, my lack of patience for anything but stubbornness. <clears throat> That'll get to you later on. You may have to go back and listen. Jesus could have revealed his will to these slow disciples, these foolish disciples, in many forms. He could have just levitated them. You know, do that, what is that Jedi mind trick. He'd do that. He could have performed some kind of miracle, like taking a stone and then turning it into a camel. But he didn't do that. That's why a lot of times we miss the will of God. We are looking for something that, that's already there before us. Amen. He, he didn't, but he revealed himself in the word. Jesus, the word, the manifested in flesh word of God, had already told his disciple what was going on, and God's will will always harmonize with his word. So he gives them a Bible lesson all along the way. You can find the will of God in the Word of God. Next, you can discover the will of God if you pursue a consistent relationship with God. It is keeping a relationship with God. In Luke 24 and 28, And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. He's going to go on past them. But look at this. But they constrained him. Somebody say, I got to constrain him. But they constrained him saying, abide with us. For it is toward the evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, break it and gave to them. 
Amen. It was important that they would constrain him because in the relationship you have with God, you will find the will of God. If you will pursue him, it's not just simply that I'm in a relationship to him uh, because I want to get all the answers. No, but if I will pursue him, the answers will be with that relationship. Lord, what will you have me do? I know one thing i got to do. I've got to get closer to him. Lord, would you abide with me? I'm not going to leave you at church. I'm taking you home with me. I'm not going to leave you just, just at a blessing and this blessing and that revival and that camp meeting. I want you to come home with me. <clears throat> Notice, he made as though he would go a little further. God is a gentleman. He will not force a relationship on any one of us. He doesn't have a heavenly alarm clock that says when this rings, you got to go pray or you got to go do this. No, he's looking for us that want him. They desired him. They constrained him. This word constrain comes from two words that means to force near, to force near. How strongly are we constraining the Lord in our life? How we constrain the Lord in our life, the nearer we draw to him, the more we will find the will of God. Can I just tell some of you that are wrestling with the will of God is that don't let the will be your pursuit. Let God be your pursuit and the will will show up. Let God be your your direction and let God be the, the force. that It goes back to the earlier statement. If we are on a God discovery or are we on a self discovery? If I'm on a God discovery, I'm not going to miss out on the will of God. He'll show it to me. I don't attend church just simply so I learn the will of God. I want to find the God of the will. Amen. I don't want Jesus just to be a part of my life. I want him to be the present state of my existence. That's the will of God. I don't want to just know a lot about Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. The greater your relationship, the clearer his will will become. All right, let's look at another. How can I discover the will of God? Let's, let's read the verse before I, I go to the next point. Luke 24, 31, and their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. Whoa. This is a key here. They were with him. They saw him. And when he broke bread, he opened their eyes and they knew who he was and he disappears. That might make my Facebook post. I don't know. That might, you know, my, I might be going to the news. I, I don't know, but listen, listen to what they said. And they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Here's another way you could discover the will of God is that when you're with Jesus, there are things in your spirit that will burn that you never thought would burn. There will be things in your heart that you can't get away from. Like the prophet uh, Jeremiah said, I was going to shut up. I was not going to say anything, but his word was like, fire in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I, I it's just it says it's, 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 you want to know what the will of God is is you're going to feel a fire burning in your belly 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You'll feel a fire burning in your belly. Verse 33, listen to this. Now it's already evening. They had asked Jesus to come. It's getting close to, to dark 30. And they rose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. These people that left because they couldn't receive the word and testimony of some women. I'm going to let that sink in just a minute. Are now when they find the one that they knew. Now they're running back to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven gathered together with them where, and, and that were with them. They, they found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them. So there was more than just the eleven. So God reveals to us his will when he sets a torch to our soul. He sets a torch. Nehemiah knew what the will was because he had a torch set to his soul. Go build the wall. Abraham was ablaze with passion to find the land that he would never see. He set Isaiah on fire with a vision that he said, I'm a man of unclean lips, and the Lord touched his lips. Amen. There was a little pimple-faced, scraggly, bearded young teenager by the name of David that wouldn't allow a bunch of skeptics and doubters because he, he, he said, is there not a cause? And whipped Goliath. Jericho was only a, a slowdown for Joshua because there was a fire within them. Amen. Is there a fire within you? Is there a fire within you to the will of God? Is there a fire within you that ignites your heart that says, I've got to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I just need to be in his presence. Amen. It's not about hearing Pastor Gill. It's not about just simply listening to the songs or singing the songs. It's that if I can get in his presence, then I can answer the question, Lord, what would you have me to do? Amen. The question of questions. <clears throat> got to burn in your heart. Missions. Servanthood, leadership, heed the fire. We're going to be talking about this coming up in January, about a church being on fire. Jesus come to set us on fire, church. Jesus has come to set us on fire. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter your age either. doesn't matter your age. Jesus come to set you on fire. Woo! Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I want to know what the, what the will of the Father is. Amen. John said, I indeed baptize you into repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Notice, back to Luke 24. If I may go back to verse 33. They rose up the same hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them. They went to where all these people were, saying, The Lord is risen indeed. Yeah. Whew. There's no hint about wanting Rome to be conquered anymore. And he hath appeared to Simon, and they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. What an incredible story. He's telling this story. They're sharing this story. Then look what happens next. And as they spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be unto you. Same one that disappeared, breaking the bread, appeared 
when they had got the will of God right. They ran from the voice of these ladies saying, he's risen, he's risen. They ran from that. But oh, when they see him and they understand it, they go back. Maybe they should have been there all along. But when they show up, Jesus shows up. If you'll show up in the will of God, Jesus is going to show up in the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I can't tell you how long I wrestled about, about answering the call to Medora Pentecostal Church. I, I, I wrestled it for, for years. I did. I, <laughs> I wanted to run, Brother Jason, just to be honest with you. <clears throat> but the moment that it became clear that that's the will of God, now we're working on 18, 19 years, whatever this is this year. Amen. I think we're going to stick around, Brother Mike. Is that okay with y'all? Praise God. I want to do the will of God. I want to be in the will of God. I couldn't stay where we were and be in the will of God. And I thank the Lord he showed up. The world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. There are things that we do now it's going to be nothing but mulch, burnt mulch. But he that does the will of God abides forever. And so Saul, on his journey with the Lord, he struck down by light and he asked the Lord, what would you have me to do? And the Lord said, first of all, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. If you ask God what to do, he will tell you. He will tell you. It will never contradict its word. It will never contradict authority in his word. The man traveling with Saul then took him to Damascus. His eyes were blind, and there he fasted for three days without food or water. And God speaks to one of the disciples in Damascus by the name of Ananias. And the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying. What is he praying? Lord, what would you have me to do? What is your will? He's blinded. He cannot see. He's praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. God's working. God's sending a vision. And then God speaks to Ananias and the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings, before the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. <laughs> Ananias said, so Would you go pray for him? You're going to pray for him. His eyes are going to be open. You're going to tell him that he needs to be baptized. He receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost and was baptized. And then he said, oh, by the way, I want to tell you what the will of the Lord is. You're going to go and turn this world upside down. You are going to be a world changer. You are going to do things. You're going to write most of the New Testament. You're going to, you're, you're going to be a great, great missionary. You're going to do, oh, by the way, you're going to suffer a whole lot. Never mistake the will of God for a painless existence. 
a lot of times the road to the will of God is marked with pain, despair. But if you'll talk with your buddy on the road to Emmaus, can I tell you, he's there. And just in a matter of time, he will show you the way to his will. Stand with me, please. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Will of God does not come like a slot machine that you pull and your winning hand appears. The will of God is pursuing him, his word, his church, being connected with people of, of, of voices that are speaking the same thing, declaring the same thing. Amen. His, his will will show up when you have that, that desire to say, I want to constrain you to come to my house. I'm going to constrain you to come and be with me. I want you to be with me. I want, I'm not looking for the will right now. I'm looking for you. And if I get you, I will get the will. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthen you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.